Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Um, 
and I talk to a lot of doctors and a lot of different people, and they try. And I'm not saying they, they don't try. They try to get it, but you have to be in it to understand it. So I wanted to have this show today because I know we're all having a hard time being locked down in our houses trying to do the right thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I a little bit of frog in my throat. Trying to do the right thing to prevent this virus from spreading around and making sure we don't get it so we can get back to life as normal because right now the new normal none of us are liking. But we're at home and we're having these kids that all our kids are already struggling with this misunderstanding, this not knowing what's next, this uh, out-of-routine situation, can't get out in the fresh air as much, can't communicate one-to-one, relying on Facebook and social media, not being able to see your grandparents, kids to see their grandparents. has been really tough on mine. My daughter hadn't been able to see her grandparent in a month now. And they are super tight. She lives just up the road. And uh, they see each other three times a week. And right now they're just doing Zoom talks and maybe FaceTime. And I know it's really tough on her. So I know there are kids out there having that tough time not being able to see their friends. Add that on that, the challenge of somebody with ADHD or some other mental challenge, it can be overwhelming, not just for the child itself, which for certainly is, but the parents and the other siblings in the house. And I wanted to talk about today a little bit on myself and hopefully we'll get some callers calling in. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my situation. I have a daughter, like I said before, that struggles with ADHD and um, routine is key in her life. Routine is very key. Um, if we don't have that routine, it can throw off the whole, my whole axis of my, of my house and the relationships and everything. And, um, during this time, you know, um, some kids out there I know may take medication. My daughter takes some medication, um, We've kind of had to change our medicine routine a little bit um, based on what's going on, Um, trying to give her some understanding of what's going on. Um, She has some problems with anxiety and some temper, and it gets, you know, really tough on her. So we try to do what we can, but a lot of times it backs up on her. Like I said, we don't get the chance to see her grandparents, which they spend a lot of time with, they provide a lot of support and understanding and help in our house, and we don't have those. And my daughter actually goes to a school in close to our house where they help with um, dyslexia. She has that also. She's dyslexic. Um, they help with her reading, and so now she's not allowed. She's not going to those schools. She's not connecting with those teachers. She's not sitting down with those students. She's not getting the tools. She's not getting the classes. She's not getting that almost one-on-one um, attention and teaching she gets in the school. So she's at home with uh, with our family, with my wife. Um, I work and. Uh, she works, and 
it's you know, like I said, it's it, this whole thing is hard on us. You know, we're schooling a couple kids at home at the same time, and my wife's working at home. I'm working at home. Um, it's a challenging time. So, I'm wondering if the other other parents out there listen to this might feel the same way. I'm gonna open up the lines here in a second. You can call in at five six three nine 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 three four two zero. You can share your story, your advice, any questions you might have. Uh, like I said, I'm not a trained professional, but I have many years' experience with this, so I get it, man. I get it more than just about anybody. So we welcome your call, or you can just let it all out. And you can keep it anonymous. That's the thing. That's the great thing about this radio, this one-on-one thing I got. You don't have to share your name. You just share your voice and what you have to say. And I'm happy to, to talk to you. So let's uh, one more time, that number, if you want to call in, is 563-999-3420. have somebody on the line now. I want to get in. I'll just get it over my computer. And uh, we'll see what they have to say. Hug it out, America Radio. You're on live. Who's this? Hi, Billy. This is Pamela. Hey, Pamela. How you doing? I'm doing well. And I just wanted to add a couple of uh, my two cents since I taught school for over 24 years, um, all ages all kinds of schools, um, had a lot of mainstream kids from um, special ed classes into my foreign language and English and math classes. Um, mm-hmm. And um, my heart is breaking for parents who are forced into the role of being the teacher. And, um, you know, out of this uh, horrible pandemic, I believe that many parents are going to be so grateful, um, maybe more grateful than they ever were, um, to these uh, educators that have devoted their life to these raising these kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was working in some special needs classrooms um, as a one-on-one aide or in other ways, the uh, I agree with you, the structure, the routine, the discipline – the absolute can't pull any strings, can't, we don't tolerate that here with love. Uh, you, know, you know what's right, you know what's wrong, you know what's going to work in the classroom, and you cannot be um, disrupting the, the world in that classroom. And that's why they have something called an individualized education plan. It's an yep. immense amount of work for a SPED teacher, Um, which stands for special ed. Um, It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of red tape. I had a cousin who was a regular teacher, then she became a SPED teacher, then she said, okay, forget it, I'm going to go educate adults in the world of HP and digital. Um, So it takes a very special person who wants to be that devoted, that focused, that intense on seeing that child succeed and thrive in a difficult setting, and they're, they're miracle workers. And we talk all the time about the miracle workers in the healthcare field. These special ed teachers and even the other teachers who have special ed kids coming in with an aid or without an aid, um, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a devotion. It's, it almost, I hate to use the word, but it can suck the life right out of you. 
because you're there not for the money. You're there for the love of kids, and you're there on a mm-hmm. mission. It's one of those mission fields, like social workers and nurses and teachers. They're not in it for the pay. They're in it because it was a calling. Yeah. So this is this is what I'm hearing on the TV, the little I watch, or on NPR, is that people are struggling, especially if, let's say, you have a child who's on the spectrum. We have many children now who don't are diagnosed with Asperger's, but they're on the spectrum somewhere. And I have a personal relationship about a family member. Um, he's now in college, and but he had early intervention at two and three, and they really took off on that one-on-one in the household to try to get. He just wasn't talking. He was non-communicative, you know. So mm-hmm. it is the the amount. I'm really worried about two things: the amount of backsliding that is just happening because there's no longer any education going on. And that's not saying the parents aren't trying or aren't doing their very best because I know they are. It's just that they don't have what they were used to and what was designed in a program to make them succeed, to have the progress that needed to take place. The other thing is it is so frustrating. Um, and, And as a parent, you just can't feel like, you're doing enough or you're doing it right or you're, or you're making any headway. And so this patience, I used to have as a mainstream teacher, I had parents who said, how can you teach 30 of the kids like the one that I have? And, and, you know, and I just felt good. I mean, that, that was a good parent that was recognizing that it isn't easy anyway, shape or form, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like I couldn't do what you're doing and you got 30, 32 kids in one classroom and, and mm-hmm. that's times umpteen classes a day. So I just feel like the children who are especially in need of, of what cannot be provided in the household, I would love it if somebody would make a decision in the state that said we have to open up a few schools for these children who need the intense ability to, you know, to, to live and, to, and, be, and have class time in, in a place. And I don't care. I mean, I have a feeling you drive from your house quite a distance, and I think some parents would even make that effort. And then there's probably so many kids that would need it that you'd have to have almost like the lottery system that you have like in, in some of these cities when you want to go to a fancy school. So um, I just, I think we've got to do something, especially since there's probably no school this year. And, and even the colleges are like, there's no fall semester. And then in TV, and I don't know if this is true or not, because it's fake TV, almost every bit of it. They're talking about holding back every child for the whole year because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then, then they start talking about, like, what, what do you do with a math kid? I mean, I taught math. I taught math in a school where they had every child individually in where they belonged. Different textbooks, mm-hmm. different sheets. They self-corrected. It was like clockwork. And I, they were able to do it. But you can't do that in most school systems. And if you didn't learn your times tables, then you really can't go on to learn division and do much of anything. And kids hate mm-hmm. memory work and rotary work because I taught foreign languages. They don't want to memorize anything, not in this day and age. 
I don't see the mm-hmm. point. I don't know. My, if they can't add two and two, and or they don't have a math structure and a math routine, there's a way that you can do it on your fingers and so forth. Because they, they, they didn't memorize it the way I had to. So mm-hmm. the math issue is a huge thing. A lot of the other things, yes, you can do it virtually. Yeah, it's okay. Keep a journal. Do your writing. Submit it through the computer. It's not the same as having an art class, a gym class, and having an English teacher and a math teacher and being with your classmates and having recess. I mean, I have a kid. He's turning 12. He says, I don't want, he's screaming at me from his porch because I can't be near him. And he said, I don't want to go to back to school on my birthday, May 4th. And I said, for crying out loud, you've had a lot of time off. <laughs> don't, you, mm-hmm. don't you miss it? He said, I miss my kids, but I don't, I don't miss classes. You know? and, and that's kind of a, I, I mean, everybody says, what's your favorite class? Lunch, recess. You know? mm-hmm. But as they progress and they get older, they need to know how to get along with each other. They need social skills. And as teachers, we started having to do everything for them because so many households weren't doing a lot of stuff at home. So we were the therapists, and we had to do this, and we had to establish the relationships. We had them writing in journals. We'd had them for three or four times a day because that was the multicultural aspect that you needed to have in a middle school setting, you know. And so many times it's just they need their life back. They need that routine back. And, you know, in summer, it's a different ballgame. So I just wish we could somehow figure out how to help parents who are struggling. Because you're but not alone. How do you, how do you pull that off, of them. the school idea, with uh, keeping people safe when they're coming in from all over? I mean, that's how, how do you pull that well, off? Well, because now you're back into this whole we need to do the testing, and we've got a major testing issue. You know, like they're not going to open up. Uh, and the governors are not going to allow us to open up and get back to this whatever. Yeah. This We're never going to have our life back. It's not going to be if they keep calling it the new normal. Until we can test people and until we know things and because things, things keep changing, we don't have the equipment, we don't have this, we don't have that. They've got a new system now with antibiotics and immunity, and they just announced yesterday that, uh, you know, these are crap tests. And you might think you're immune and you're not. And plus, you know, all these symptoms, you, you give it to people before you even have any symptoms. So this rushing back, uh, you know, and, you know, you take on top of the stress of trying to educate any child, Billy, add the stress of having no money coming in. Springfield just announced they're adding snacks. Springfield Schools has come up with breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Do you know what other school systems have? Breakfast and lunch across the state, a lot of other places. And last night on my Zoom call, this woman who was a foster uh, parent and also a social worker, she can't sleep at night. She's like, I know a family. They have no food. They're not doing well. And somehow that parent never got word that they have can get food for their child at a school. But then you've got to have a car to go get it. Not every bus is taking stuff around from house to house. So there, yeah. are, there are households suffering beyond our comprehension. And the more I whine about isolation, the more I'm thinking like, okay, I have food. I have a place to live. I'm not homeless. You know, like you have to feel grateful for what you have 
But we can't open up all of this and get our life back, and then we're just much worse. And the more other countries are able to do something, that ought to be a lesson for us. I mean, look but at South But you were talking Dakota. about opening up a special thing where kids, you know, who really need it, you know, maybe the kids like my daughter, the ADHD, could get back to school earlier. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, something like that. But then I don't know how you could prove that she yeah, has tested negatively. You know, yeah. she'd still have to wear a mask probably. I mean, you still have to take all those precautions. I don't yeah. know what the answer is. I really, this is the biggest mess anybody has ever even conceived of, you know. Yeah, and that's the problem. It's unpredictable. You don't know where it's heading. And that's the worst thing for my daughter, not knowing. Um, we try to plan out her day, let her know what's going on in her day so she can plan in her head. She doesn't like surprises or things that um, some other kids might like, and she likes predictability where a mother-daughter doesn't like some predictability, but Savvy doesn't. Actually, I think she kind of likes it a little bit, but it's not good for her. It it gets her out of modulation. It gets her going out, out of her zones of regulation where she gets in the red zone, and with this situation, you never know what's coming next, and there's so much anxiety and frustration that lends, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel of where this is ending. And another thing that, you know, that I know you have a teacher's pers- perspective, but from a parent's perspective, and, and I'd love to hear from other parents out there if y'all could call, and I know it's kind of it's a scary situation to call in uh, to a phone. Like I said, we'll keep it anonymous, and the phone number is, Five six three nine 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 three four two zero. But what I wanted to say is, when you're a parent, and all the parents get this, and it is your kids, they act the worst when they feel the safest. So the things that may work at school don't work at home. And I know many parents can attest to this. I, especially, Wait a minute, Billy, they act the worst when they feel safe. And I yeah. think it's the opposite. When they are unsafe, no. they act out. When they feel safe, they can let themselves go. So what happens, um, from my perspective, is with a child that deals with um, a, a special need in some way, is they work really hard all day at school to keep it together because they are expect the expectations high that around their peers. They see other people acting that way. When they get home, they let it all out. So all the worst stuff comes out to the parents or whoever's there all the time because they know regardless of what happens, they're going to be there for them. They can let out. They can be themselves. And any, any, most any parent who goes to this can testify this idea. And, and teachers will tell you that too that, that, that work in it. So the problem is um, not having that at any time during the day where the child can get away, work on his skills so all the time they're they're frust they they're trying to let it out, and you're trying to get them back into that zone that place where they're staying in line, but they don't get it because they're not in that school environment. And in my daughter's school, it's like three to one. Kids are three to one in that in their classrooms. Yes, and yep. they're they're. I mean, it's really it's not that thirty to one. You know, I mean, I basically moved here from from California to here because the student teacher ratio was thirty to one. And the special needs there was that for my daughter with, with dyslexia was horrible. I mean, they they weren't doing anything. They had a reading teacher, 
and and the reading teacher was also the substitute teacher. So if there wasn't a if there were and this was a big school, hundreds and hundreds of kids, if one teacher wasn't there, there would be no reading for my daughter. And nobody would say anything about it. So I didn't. Finally, they started doing something about it. But at that point, I'm like, I got to get out of here. You come here in Massachusetts where the schooling is great. It's so much better. It's night and day. But as you know, this IEP, sometimes these IEPs don't completely work out in these public schools. They can't because of the way the budgets have gone here and the way they've changed yep. the process. The kids can't get the support. They can't get the time, they can't get the skills, they can't get the tools they need, so they have to go to these schools, like where my daughter's is. But there, like I said, she's three to one, so she can't get that here. And, and, you know, and my wife's working, I'm working, my other daughter's home, they're all doing Zoom, so you got all these things. So it's it's frustrating for a parent um, to have to deal with that. So I'm wondering what other parents are feeling like out there, um, Billy, and at how what going? point does I wanted hmm? to know at what point is it behavior modification, and and the reward um, and the denial of something like the carrot stick that you hold out. You're, you've done this, so this is what you're earning. So at what point? Because a whole lot of what you're talking about has is is behavior modification. So there has to be something that carries over. So the, the behavior is modified also on the home front as best as possible, and there's no perfection anywhere, let me tell you. Um, so, so you know, like if, 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 if Savi knows that she's going to accomplish this and then here's what she's going to get afterwards, something she loves, something that she, you know, within a reasonable time frame, you know, you do this and then this is going to happen, and that's the way it is. So does that work at home? For the most part, or it just depends. So I, I'll give you an example. Um, I think with her and with a lot of kids, it has to be constantly evolving. The place I have to—I mean, as you know, my job is graphic design and branding, and it's a very creative job. But by far, to be the most creative, I have to is when I'm being a parent because I constantly have to be evolving what I do for my daughter that works. But I would say um, the thing that's challenging, the thing that I hate to say it works the best is screen time. You have to kind of find that thing that matters the most to them. And I've tried the reward charts and all that stuff. It doesn't work really well for Savvy. What works well for her is the fact that I might take away that show. And here's another thing that's interesting about it, is her brain just works different. It, it, it's not like dealing with my daughter, Bailey. So, like, if I say, Bailey, okay, you have a show. You, she has a 30-minute show a day. You get to watch this show. And I told her, go upstairs and watch that show. And you're done. You're done. She can monitor that. And and, and she, may, she may go past it thinking she might get away with it, right? But she knows right. there's a consequence. She does that, and the next day she won't get that free show because she went past it. So she'll do it, right? So she'll do it. The challenge is with Savvy is Savvy will watch the show. She won't purposely do it. She will be unaware that she's going into the next show. So I, give her, I gave her a watch, and I time it on her watch. And then I say, 
when this timer goes off, you need to come to me and and tell me the show is over. Because if you don't, then you use the, lose the show. And then that works sometimes, but then there's the challenge of her fighting me on setting the timer because she doesn't like the timer. But what, what I do is if she does three days in a row where she comes to me and tells me when the show is over, she gets one extra show for the week. But it doesn't always work. She still, even with that timer, she kind of loses herself and is not aware of it because she gets so enwrapped in her mindset and not to what Bailey normally do. And there's so many examples where she wants to literally do the right thing. She does not have the socioeconomic, I mean, the social skills to do it. She can't do it. I have to, you have to model it over and over, and she so much wants to do it right. So this idea of the carrot and the stick doesn't work in the same way it does with Savvy than it does with my other kids, or I'm thinking it does with many kids. And you have to kind of change that mindset to where you sometimes, and I was talking to Bailey about this the other day, where you kind of have to lose the battle to win their war. There are some times where she does something where with Bailey or my other daughter, with her, I would do something totally different. But I know that she is so far out of the the, the green zone, way past the yellow zone. And I, I'm, I'm assuming you know the, the the zones of regulation, the green, the yellow, and all that. Do you know that? The blue. Well, I, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm not the blue, I mean, but they're, they're I'm, I'm assuming it's like pretty much what red zone. I think I know what red zone. <laughs> you don't want to be in the red zone. Yeah, um, and, and the yellow zone is right before that. And right. the thing that happens uh, yeah. is is if she gets to that red zone, when Savvy gets to that red zone, it can go really, really bad in my household. So the whole X is off. So anything I can do to keep that from happening, that's happening with her where she might not even see what she's doing, could be for the fact that she's not, her medication's not right. It could be something, any little trigger of not, like we were talking about, out of routine, anxiety of what's going on in the country right now, not knowing what this is in. All these things can contribute to her coming to this place, which seems like she's completely just disobeying and being a bad kid, but it's like she doesn't have the mental discipline to do what's right to see past. So what will happen is I will have to lose a battle with her that may look like I'm giving in and giving away to keep my house from completely going off axis. So that's kind of what I have to do in my house. At the same time, I would say the number one thing to do, regardless what you were asking, is is to keep calm. And that's the hardest thing to do when she's put. she knows she's pushing your buttons. You have to keep calm, whether you're disciplined or whatever, because once you lose it, they know they have you, whatever direction that may be. Yeah, you're, and that's you, the you, hardest you become- 
Right. They they know what hooks you and what doesn't hook you. They that's, know that's what the they know the what psychiatrists. Yeah. Yep. They know the so, trigger and they know know how to push buttons. Every kid does normal abnormal. It doesn't matter. They know um, that's where the boundaries come in. The only other thing I could think of is like, have you tried to sit her down and have her help write out with you, and she has a say um, in the plan in the in the she because she's she's such a bright girl. She's brilliant actually, um, and I think it would be good for your radio audience to know the ages of the two girls. But if uh, we used to have when kids did something at a regional high school and they got thrown out of class, they had to go sit in a room called the planning room. And you had to sit there, you had to shut up, you had a piece of paper and a pencil, you had somebody sitting in there, an adult, and you had to sit down and write, okay, what did I just do wrong? Like, how did I land here? And why did I get thrown out of class? And just having, and they had to have a plan that was decent enough to get them back into that same classroom for like the next day. And if you couldn't come up with that, you sat there quite a bit, and then, you know, if it's really bad, of course, they would suspend or expel you from the school itself. So a kid having some input, even if the plan has to waver, um, say if, if this plan seemed to work really well for, uh, let's say, for three, uh, three out of the five-day weeks, giving them a say, letting them have their perspective puts some of that pressure off of you, but it empowers them. The minute you can empower a child, they don't feel so helpless. They don't feel like they have to yank all the buttons and pull all the chains. And, and, you know, some of it, in my opinion, and I'm not an expert, is almost a power play and can be a power play. And you take a look at a two-year-old or a three-year-old that's gone crazy in a household, and, and the household is nuts because that kid is nuts. Uh, so we're not just talking special needs. Um, they they know they're in control. And that's why when, when, it, when a kid melts down in a grocery store and the parent can be as embarrassed as hell, but you know what? Don't let them get away with it. And they don't come to the grocery store anymore. Like my daughter-in-law does a great job, and my son with a two- and a five-year-old now, but you don't have to put yourself into certain ringer situations you just learn it's not the time or place, and they ha- they're too young or they can't figure it out. My niece has the same experience with her twins. You know, she thought she was having a good day and took them both out to have a meal. It was a complete chaos. She was in tears. She said, what was I thinking? You know, and so I think parents have to do a lot by living and learning, and you're right about all of that. But I well, would let, see let, if there's let any way she saying. could have a say. Let me address what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. So when I deal with Savvy, I always give her choices. So so here's the key with choices. The choices you give the child, all those choices have to be ones that you can live with. You want to make sure right. the choice doesn't put you in a bad situation. So, like, for example, if you if you're saying there's a consequence, and the consequence that you give is going to be worse off on you than it is on the child, you probably shouldn't say that. Like a lot of parents will say, you're grounded for a week. And and most kids, especially kids like Savvy, they don't get that concept. They don't get five minutes past five minutes. So when you tell that, that's really – and what what – 
it's going to be hard. You're not going to be able to get it, Pamela, because you don't live in my house. You can't. You can't <laughs> I, I understand this. I feel like this. I do some a little. You can't understand, I and I've talked to a million people about it. I wish I could get somebody to call in who actually is a parent of a child who struggles with ADHD or other things because you're not going to, because I hear these same kind of things from all my friends and everybody else and every parent who has a child who struggles with this kind of stuff hears this. And it's a difference that you can't apply the same things. The things you you're talking about when you say you sit in a classroom and you write down, you know, what, what, what you should have done and why you're here. Savvy does not have the ability to do that. She doesn't have the she ability knows, to do but she, that. She knows your household rules in general, though, Billy. She, she knows, knows your household rules. rules. But what happens, right. Pamela, is she can go from zero to 60 and like that, like that. And the key and the, the number thing, one thing is it go from completely calm. And the main thing you want to do is get her back to that green zone to get her a place. So just getting her to her room to where she can calm down is key because then she can realize it. What I'm saying is she doesn't have complete it's not like it's not like a child like my daughter doing something wrong to misbehave. It's like they literally don't have, their mind works different. You have to right. address it yep. a totally different way. And I can't And deep deep breathing doesn't work. Like we used to have to restrain children the legal way when I worked in a halfway house to keep them safe and to keep them from hurting staff or anybody else. But just slow, deep breathing um, as, as a way of calm down. Um, well, the thing we, inhale, we use in exhale. our household, this thing that we use in our household is similar to what you're saying. It's called blow out the candles, smith, uh, sniff the flowers. So it's, you blow yep. and you go back in with the flowers. So it's taking out the negative, pulling the positive. But when yep. they're at a point where that they won't even that won't even work, that won't even come into play because you can't use all these things. You have to get them back to a place where they can reach that, where they can do those kind of things. Then you can do that thing. In regards to what you're talking about, the restraint. So. I can tell you from my experience that is a really bad decision, um, and they don't. They no, don't but if you mind. had to keep someone, let's if you had to keep someone safe, that's. I mean, that's an extreme. I mean, that is a very extreme thing. Um, well, you, but if you, you had keep to keep someone safe. from harming themselves or keeping some, some something from happening, let's say Bailey was right there and there was just complete, you know, like you you do have to be safe. You have to keep yourself safe. And you want well, her what to you do is you leave yourself out of the situation. You leave the room. What what yeah. what what happens if you get in that situation is objects are replaceable. Anything is replaceable. People are not. Exactly. You leave the room exactly. and and let them have the floor and let them till they calm down. And they don't like my, my daughter. When that has rarely happened, she does not like that, and she it gives her a chance to calm down and realize we're not going to come down here until we feel in a safe space, until we feel like we can 
have our life, and we just leave the area. And it's really hard. Trust me, it's hard because you have all this stuff that could get destroyed or broken. But it's so yep. much better to do that than somebody getting hurt. And honestly, that is a part that I struggle with because I am a person that um, doesn't mind confrontation, doesn't mind conflict, and will stand up to just about anything I have my whole life. And when she gets in those moods, I have to really work hard to pull myself away yeah. um, and just leave. And I I tried the idea of holding her down, and it just made it work much worse. Yeah, much worse. I want to tell and, you and, about I had I had a foster child living with me, Billy. He was extremely needy, very brilliant. And um, and I had uh, I was still teaching in two different towns, um, but he was living with me, and I was always worried he was going to harm an animal or, or burn my house down. Um, but I did after school care, and I had him in school, and um, he had a meltdown, and I got a phone call, and they said get up here immediately, and I went what? I'm way down here in Hadley. Uh, he was in Shelburne, and. They emptied the, I mean, he really lost it, and they had to empty the classroom. The custodian came in. By the time I got up there, I uh, found him calmed down in the custodian's um, thing. I mean, it's very scary, and I had to take him immediately to a crisis center, um, Mm -hmm. and he got placed somewhere else. Um, uh, Oh, he was bright. Oh, he was fun. Oh, he was such a cool kid. But, I mean, we didn't think he was going to do that, obviously. I mean, he couldn't go to after-school care because they weren't safe there. So, um, but long story short, they placed him in a foster home with two parents, a brand-new baby, and the woman was there with, uh, with this child and the new baby. It was perfect. And for me to be trying to do that and still teach and still be a single person, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good placement, and there's a desperate need for foster parents, um, by the way, of course. And um, so anyway, I, I know that when things can get that out of control, exiting is, is a much better situation. And as much as that's really hard for you to do, um, and I don't want to sound cruel about it, but it's like the, the audience is missing. You know, I used to say to my kids, takes two to tango. So if there's a, an angry fight between a, a husband and a wife in front of the kids, um, I was guilty of part of that too, you know. And, and you can't always say that because there's such a thing as extreme abuse in some uh, some households. But, um, you know, you play a part. You can't have these shouting, screaming uh, matches if one person walks out the door and says, I'm done. I'm not doing yep. it. So that it takes two to tango or there's no audience to, uh, you know, and so pulling herself together, I mean, you just make me want to cry because your devotion is just immense. It's like living in a household, walking on eggshells. Um, And I do know what you're talking about because one of my grandkids, I mean, he's an ideal student. He's funny. He's clever. He's a clown. He's, He's a bright kid. He started learning mm-hmm. algebra when everybody else was in some other math. But when he comes home, he's a little different. And they were like, are you talking about my son? And, and so that was the issue that you're talking about where they hold it all together and they know yep. their boundaries and they, love, they have the one to adult to three kids. And then they come home, and, which is why 
her relationship with with your wife's parents is critical. That's your safety yeah. net. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's son's tough safety on net. Now that I'm pulled away, you know, like, wow, you know, like it's a safety net to be able to have neighbors or family members who can take over and, and do, it's pretty much almost like respite care. Well, you respite know, care is a must. One, one example I can give you where I think one of my friends gets it probably the best. The, the 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 problem is so even when you have a friend or even a family member that is just for kids for a, even even a week, your child can hold it together for a amount of time and they won't see it. So when me and Julie went to the Galapagos um, back um, for our ten year anniversary, we got some good friends of ours to watch our kids for two weeks, and our in return we watched their kids for two weeks. So they had Bailey and Savvy for two weeks. And about a weekend, um, they didn't really understand what we were talking about. But in a weekend, they really started to see some of the things we deal with. So in, unless you kind of around that person for a long time where they longer, you know, I can't hold this anymore. I just got to, I can't be on my best behavior. Like, like, it's almost like you're going out on a first date and you can't hold that first date <laughs> behavior forever, Right. It, you and know that walk a mile in my moccasins? I love that, that Native American expression, walk a mile in someone else's moccasins before you start criticizing, judging, and coming up with all your wonderful yeah. advice. It's absolutely exactly. true. Absolutely and then, um, true. The other thing I wanted to tell the viewers before I forget, the listeners, if there people who out there have kids, a thing that I think I've told you about it, that's worked pretty, pretty, pretty consistently well with me and Savvy and my wife, and I'll tell you, like I said, you're constantly have to evolving, coming up with new ideas. I'm always coming up with new ideas to use. Julie is. But the one thing that's this thing we have called a behavior ticket, it basically is a ticket at the top, and it says the date, it says the time, and it says it's almost like getting a ticket from a cop, and I'm the behavior police. And at the top it says this ticket's first <laughs> For savvy, and here's where the infraction is. Who, who did the infraction affect? Bailey, me, your mom, the dog, Dixie. piece in the house. <laughs> and then the secondly is, what did they do? Did they break something? Did they scream? Did they do something physical? What happened? And then you mark that. Before savvy couldn't read, I had symbols, and you mark a symbol. Now she can read, and I can write it. And then the next thing is fix it. What can I do to fix this? Can I pay for it? Can I say I'm sorry? Can I can I um, clean up the mess? Whatever it is, there's a list of things on the thing. The next thing we have is um, consequence. The consequence. What do you? What what's going to happen from that? That. That kind of what, what's going to happen? You're going to lose TV. You're going to lose, be grounded. You're not going to ride your bike. Are you going to be stuck in your room? Whatever that is, and you put that up to it. And the last thing is act of kindness, which is the most important thing. This is where the person or even the animal that you got frustrated with, you write and say, say with Bailey, with with Sabby's sister, right at the bottom. I have to go down to the store to get a, a donut for Bailey. So she has to walk down the 
the store, pick out a donut with her money, and give it to Bailey. Give her something good back. So that behavior ticket has been huge in helping um, use with her. The problem is to continue to use it. You know, you run out of paper. And I'll be happy to share this behavior ticket with anybody that made up. Actually, it's not my idea. I've got to tell you, it came from the principal of the school that my daughter do. This let's just call my daughter goes to called Curtis Blake, which is an amazing school that is is exactly where she can be. This woman named Linda LaFontaine, who was the principal there for many years, and we had her for one year. Sadly, she retired this year, but she had a child that had dyslexia and ADHD. So not only did she teach it and was only the principal, she lived it, and she got it. And she gave me this behavior ticket thing, and I modified it using my graphic design skills to make it work for my daughter. But it's a Brilliant thing. Maybe I'll post it somewhere or something for people to look oh, at. Oh, Billy, that is quite a tool. And just so you know, the very first uh, several steps are exactly what the uh, what the high school kids um, and middle school kids had to do in the planning room. What happened? Mm-hmm. Why did it happen? What would you – and especially the kindness thing. Like, what, what can you do besides saying, you know, how kids say, oh, I'm sorry I did that. And they don't mean it. They, they're sorry they got caught doing that, you know. So it's a beautiful tool, and you really, I mean, I'm telling you, you could, you could publish that because uh, you distribute your buttons, you distribute this, you do all these other things. That is an amazing thing to really get out into the world. I mean, Somebody the told sooner me the better. <laughs> the sooner the better because look how many people could uh, be advan- you know, take advantage of that now while they need it desperately. It is an amazing thing. Um, that would be so helpful, um, you know, step-by-step, blow-by-blow. Oh, God, you're so creative. And your creativity for your businesses is why you're so creative in the ways and the things you have to do with your two daughters. Um, I, I just cannot tell you how how you warm my heart. You make me want to cry. Your devotion um your commitment is beyond anything that I probably could, I mean, that I can even talk about. So well, you're, I mean, you're doing I, all the right things, and it's just, and you have all the stuff stacked against you, but I want you to know what a what a great family. I mean, they're, you guys are so welcoming. I feel a part of your family. You take time to do all kinds of things, including checking in on me. I mean, I you go way beyond Hug It Out America, way, way beyond. I and I am it. so thrilled that you're one of my previous former Tulsi volunteers and that you're part of my life. Um, yeah. And too. so I um, want you to just know you're doing all the right things. And every day you're going to have the good days, the bad days, the ones in between, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, the Clint Eastwood thing. Um, but you never give up. And you never stop, and you get up every morning. I don't have a choice. It's my daughter. I can't give up. I have to give her the social no, work. No, exactly. And I'm not do that. You don't. <laughs> yes, and your sense of humor. You know, like you've got a great sense of humor. Um, and and all, the only thing I would recommend is just tell her it's all. There's a rainbow at the end of this. There are kids yeah. that are writing in on on NBC with their questions, and they're devoting. You know, like, how can I answer the questions you have? Like, I, I don't understand what this curve is, this little girl said. 
and they're mm-hmm. addressing the issues from the children's viewpoint. And so she just needs to be assured and reassured and assured some more and, and reassured. And, and, you know, and that's this, I mean, we all are living in this god-awful unknown thing, and children really need to be reassured, you know, and, and talk to on their own level, at their own pace and at their own, and the more sense of humor, the more art projects you guys do, the, the more rocks, you should tell people about your beautiful rocks um, and so they know to go looking there. Um, you guys are doing it all. You're doing amazing stuff. Well, I just, you know, I just want to say that, <laughs> I, I mean, you may think that, I, I think a, a lot of parents out there do this. You know, I, I don't think I'm that special, to be honest. I mean, you kind of have to, and um, it, it's it's what, like I said, it's what I have to do. And I also say that I think, um my daughters, both of them, make me a better parent every day. Um, Savvy really um, makes me a better parent every day because I, I have to do that. And she makes me a more patient person. She makes me a more understanding person. She makes me a more empathetic person. She makes me a more, um, I don't know, calm-headed. It's like I, I have I have to do it. I don't really have a choice. But I'm, I'm betting a lot of parents out there do the same. I'm sure they do. I bet them. I wish I could get some people to call in. Um, but, you know, it's it's a scary thing to call in and talk about this stuff. It's the most, honestly, I've talked about this, to be honest. And I think that's probably why I haven't, haven't posted um, or shown people that behavior sheet because it's just kind of scary to me to do that. Um, you know, because I want to protect my daughter and everything about her, and I don't like people putting labels on her, and I, I just, you know, I worry about that stuff. So um, I'll try Can you to make a that. generic one? Can you do it, just pare it down and make it very generic so it's not? No, no, so I, not. I can make it generic. You know, I mean, it, it was hard enough for me to come on and do this show, but I felt like <laughs> you really needed it because um, – Another woman that I mentioned said, said oh, there are uh, parents out there of kids with special needs are struggling, and they hadn't really talked much about on the news about special needs. And I was like, i got to do a show on this, even if I don't want to. And, you know, I don't, I don't who knows who will hear it. You know, I'll, I'll keep posting it and stuff. You know, like, you know, I'm a new radio station. It's only my second week. So um, I'm just trying to reach as many people as I can and help out as many people as I can with – not, not parents or whoever, you know, because I know this has got to be a tough time for them because I, I, I'm feeling it, you know, you know, and there's so many struggles with work. I mean, who who gets job? I mean, um, you don't you don't know this, but Julie just got her hours cut because of the coronavirus, um, because medical places can't. Um, they're so focused on coronaviruses. They is you know, essential as her device is to help epilepsy, it's second fiddle compared to what we go on a coronavirus. So they have pretty much had to cut a lot of salaries and almost all of them. So we're all yep. feeling that. So when you're at home dealing with that, your own jobs and and trying to bring the money in, then you have your kids at home too and all that stuff. And then on top you have a kid whose brain works a little different on how they process things it can be really struggle so i hope there's some other 
more mainstream things out there where people can get out there and talk to other parents because I think you really need um, to talk to other parents because, like I told you before, um, it helps to talk to somebody who who really gets it. I mean, I I know you get it um, pretty well, but like I said, unless you're a parent, you can't completely get it. Like when I talk with those therapists, you know, unless it's somebody who has a child or is a caregiver on a long period of time, they don't completely get it. They can talk about their their clinical environments and their books, but you have to be down in the weeds, down in the ditches, down in the trenches, you know, dealing with this day and outside. It's good to get people to talk to people that you feel like really get it, and I hope there's a somebody out there doing that, talking to people, not just giving a clinical perspective because it, it's one thing for the work in the lab and in a, a office setting. When you get home, it's a different thing, and it's it's hard. So I, I don't know if people will, you know, get to hear my hear this broadcast. I really want some more people to call in. I greatly appreciate you calling in and having this discussion with me and giving your side of it. But you know, maybe we'll visit this again. I don't know why. Um, hope hopefully good. You know get more people in on the conversation. Like I said, it's really scary to put yourself – I'm even scared about it, um, maybe, and some people more open about it. And I think, you know, the support groups are really helpful to this stuff, you know, to get people talking. I was just so, going to say, maybe they can be support groups that started up, virtual ones or Zoom calls after kids have all gone to bed because I think support groups are huge. You know, I mean, it just it, – that's what everybody is doing instead of a – and some people are doing a cocktail hour and they're friends because they're so isolated. But yeah, if my there wife's could be a group, that, yeah. yeah, if there could be a group of people, of parents, who can share their thoughts, their concerns, and their ideas and vent, I mean, nothing works better than that. That's better than having a, a, you know, a one-on-one therapist because you're all, like you said, in the weeds. You all are of the same mindset. You all know what works, what doesn't work. You'd be amazed at what other people's ad- advice, how helpful it can be. Well, you wouldn't, but oh, other yeah. people too. That's why support groups are so, so important for whatever the uh, issue is. It's, they're critical, and we need it now more than ever. You know, If you know of other parents or if you find out other people who have listened to this and they email you or something, uh, you could start up a, a a little group, and if you personally don't have time to jump on board and be in there, I bet you some other parents can and would, um, because it's just super super helpful. Yeah, I I only have limited time because I I mean I have so many guests lined up, and my whole thing is to wrap my mind out in every kind of perspective and hear all kinds of things, and I wanted to do this, and I'll probably do it again. Normally, I have you know, guests on, but I wanted to do this today, but I don't think I'm able to tackle it the way um, it should be tackled. Um, and I, I could help facilitate that, but I couldn't spearhead something like that because I, I just don't have enough room on my plate to do that. Um, but um, I do think you, it's a good you idea. Email, you're emailing Sabi's um, teachers anyway. You're in touch down there anyway, right? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe we, somebody we, down we, there would would think about it. I think, honestly, Pamela, they're really kind of, parents are nervous about talking about this stuff, about being judged, their kids being judged, about labeling their kids 
um, about speaking cleanly about things and the school wants to protect their privacy. You know, I've talked about that a little bit with the school, but um, you kind of have to be open for it. You kind of have to make yourself a little vulnerable. Um, well, every support group has to have a confidentiality thing going on it, and they pretty yeah. much and they start to close the group. You have you understand this is this is all private, but this is us helping each other. Um, I mean, any group I've ever belonged to, it, it is. You know, nobody's going to run out and start spreading rumors and gossip. That doesn't work. That's not a support group. That's nasty. Yeah. So there have to be boundaries and guidelines, and and people have to agree to them, and then it can be wonderful. So you're right. It's probably not something that a special ed teacher uh, that would be for one of yours. It would be a group of parents that wanted to uh, to set it up and, you know, could start with I, 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 I try to do it, Pamela. When I first moved here, I, I when I first moved here, you know this. I rented an office space for a year for my business before I started hugging out America, and I rented the conference room a couple times, and I put um, flyers on bulletin boards around doctors' offices around town, and nobody showed up. Three times I did it, um, and then I got focused on hugging out America, and you know I did that. But um, I would say the most successful thing in California, there was a, I think it was called Parents Place, and they had a thing where a social, uh, where a, a therapist would sit in and basically almost be a fly on the wall, and all the parents would talk. And Julie and I went to it a couple times, and. Um, I would say um, it was most helpful for her because um, I think when Julie, um, when my wife starts opening up, she really opens up. I mean, she opens up. She opens the whole. She takes a can open up. She hadn't got just like a church key. She she (laughs) and I are on the same page very often, Billy. You're ganged up against Julie and I. And I think I was the only guy there. And I don't know, maybe it's a male-female thing, but it was almost too much for me. But she really seemed to – because I kind of have my boundaries of where I'll go. um, But she kind of uh, just let it all out, let the vulnerability of her out completely, was completely clean. And um, it worked really well. But I haven't found anything like that there for – for for her or for us or anything, and I've kind of been looking for that, but we hadn't been able to find it. And it be you know it would be good to have something online for somebody to do that, but I'm not sure. I don't. I've got a couple of guests coming up that might be able to help me with that um, mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks. But the cool we'll thing see. about support groups is that you you have you establish that camaraderie, and it can be for lifetime. You know, like. Your kids can be old and on their own, and 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 you still have a real huge connection. So yeah, um, so yeah. I mean, you're pretty busy with the radio show and all that's going on. So just be gentle with yourself as you kind of search and see if there's anybody that it's in the back of your mind, and you can, you know, something will jump out at you. Um, yeah, I mean, and honestly, Pamela, um, I may have to go back start doing design work again. I, I was able to stop it. Um, just finished out my last couple projects because you know Julie getting her work cut. I may have to go back to doing that. So, um, 
Yeah. We'll just have to see. Yep. And like I said, that's, you know, and Julie's been working on that company sell. for 20 something years. So, um, well, if it opens there. up, they're going to have a need, right? She, it's cut hours. It's not a cut position, correct? No, it's far I mean, one basically, it, basically, they're they're get staying. They are having a hard time paying all their employees, so they cut the salaries almost all by fifty percent. Um, some of them aren't working it at all, and. Um, Probably like fifty percent of them are completely furloughed. I mean, all they get is their benefits right now. That's all the company yeah. can afford to do until they get back online. And I know that's you know there are a lot of companies out there. Look, and and that's the thing. Like we were talking about, is is this moves further and further along? It's going to be the balance of you know health safety versus putting food on the table for your family which yeah. is going to be a balance. And the longer we go, the harder it's going to be on the economy, right? So what's going to give? Oh, it's, I mean, it's, not just with school. It's already um, immensely damaged. Uh, real, uh, it's going to really be hard to bounce back. You know, the, so the, I just shared something on, on Facebook, and it said, um, number we have to do three things. We have to buy American only. Um, shoot, what was, the, what was the other? And... Um, um, they had two things, those three things, and then I said, uh, when I posted it, though, I said, I also need everybody to vote, and then we need to save this planet. So they were like, this, in order for us to just even survive, um, we got to do X, Y, and Z and, and keep focused on that, you know, and nobody talks about climate issues and any of that stuff because we're so caught up in staying alive and, and getting Well, that's the one thing this. that's getting better is the climate. <laughs> Yes, there's the no ozone. solution. There's nobody moving anywhere. Yeah, the ozone's I, getting I have, bigger. All the all the gas is one eighty or one. I know gas is like one eighty or one seventy something, and so now it's going to go up though. So if you want to drive somewhere, go before that raises because they've made. Some oh, gas is one eighty. Yeah. Oh, it's, Julie has yeah. an electric car. I, I we haven't used. I haven't used a gas car in almost a month. I know. I know. I mean, you talk about, I mean, that's where I, I money didn't can even be know. spent on something. I didn't even know. It can go on takeout. Spend it on takeout now, Billy. Have a meal, you know. So yeah, I know you, you're transferring funds. Yeah. Transfer Twice money a from week, one place I do to try that. to go out and support, support the, if you can, if you have the economic means, in some way to go out and support those local restaurants. And like you're saying, buy oh, USA. Oh, that's what it said. It, yeah. The, 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 and to shop, one of them was to shop at the mom and pop store stores. Just go to those little places down the road, and because uh, they're not going to reopen if they don't get the business. Hey, well, you know nothing, what I, I, I don't know. You're going to probably cut this off, I, I would assume, but I did not know that you can order booze takeout. Governor Baker said when you get your meal that he has allowed them, and I said, oh, my God, I thought that was Louisiana. I thought New Orleans let you run around with open and containers and, and take your booze to go, and they are doing that. At Pete's Fish oh, Market, really? I could I can order booze and a, a decent fish meal. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, they, and I have no idea. Things. Yeah, they, they I got, mean, they I, I was like, something. wow! If I had money, I could have had a drink with my, you know. I had no idea. I mean, I I, I don't drink out because uh, that's money. I, I buy the cheap. I mean, this I this is a show it. idea in itself to talk about. But the only thing, last thing I would say before I should have signed off a while ago. Um, is that 
when I when we're watching, you know, a lot of people are watching videos online. This just came to mind to me of all these stay-at-home things. I think it's most important to not to not go see the stay-at-home things where people who really need the money, like those small-time, like Mark Zeus, who's had his whole concert tour completely gone, and now he's forced to be online. He's coming on tomorrow yep. to talk about to talk about his music and play some of his music. I'm going to play some of his music. But not these big name artists that make a ton of money, you know. They they don't need that. The people need are the people that have little small tours that are in the clubs traveling around and now can't do that and need that just to get by. These artists like Coldplay and whoever Taylor Swift, they don't need our support right now. The other smaller people that aren't able to get by is what needs it, right? Joe Rogan, Joe, yes, Joe Rogan just said, um, I just love that guy, but I, I listened to three hours of him, and, <laughs> and uh, he, he just said, I never realized how it was wrecking my life to be on tour so much, comedy club after comedy club. He said, this staying home rocks, you know, and all these people are not just out finances, but they're like, wow, I, I shortened my life. I never saw my family. I traveled. I was here, there, yeah. and everywhere. And um, and this rocks. I mean, they're kind of loving, uh, and there are certain businesses that are going to continue to want to be virtual, and that's fine. They, we've been trying to get people to stop this long commute and the traffic mess. So p- part of this will be good. We They're going to stay that way because it works for hey, them. Tell me, you just gave me uh, an idea. I'm thinking next week I pick one – I try to pick one day to just do a call in and maybe get a – hopefully get a guess – Talk about the positivity coming out of the coronavirus. Oh, Have absolutely. a show just on that. I can think just of Just on things. that. You yep. all hear the negative all the time. Let's do the positivity coming out of the coronavirus. You yep. know? So yep. I'm going to put that on the schedule because okay. I have one day next week. I don't have a guest. So, um, but Pamela, thanks for calling, calling in. Yeah, huh? we got to get more people calling in. Yeah, we've got to get more people calling in at 12 noon. It was hard for me to I, – I, I mean, I have the number, but you got to publicize this a little better – um, even on Facebook, because it still gives me that I old stuff. I put, a, I put it a lot of places. I think it, um, the interface might be Where else are you tough. putting it? Where else um, I put on Facebook it? on – this one I only put on sites where I thought there would be a, a parent with a special needs child or a child with ADHD, because I wanted to be very Do you know anybody about, that can put it on Twitter? You're not on Twitter, right? I'm not on Twitter. I'm and you don't have, Twitter. don't you have a neighborhood or next door neighbor? Are you advertising it there? I need to do that. Because I, I could advertise this that. on next door neighbor up this way, but I don't know how to do that. Like you'd have to do that for me, and then I'll have, put it on my next door neighbor. I think I have about sixty listeners. Is last time I checked. Um, you know, and that that'll rise, but it's going up. Yeah, last of last it week will. it was it was ten or fifteen, and now it's at sixty. So, you know. We'll I know for some of my people. friends, I think 12 noon. I mean, my son wanted me to come bring him a, che- a check I owe him, and I said not till after Billy's radio show. So I forgot I owe, owe him money for the oil change. But um, I I think the 12 noon is hard for some people. Um, but I'm just going to keep talking about it. And um, yeah, we're, we're well. The friends, reason so I do it, get, it works with my schedule with the kids. With oh, their, I know. Oh, I know. It has to be something that fits stuff. in with your yeah. family and their zooming yeah. and everything else. Absolutely. So, 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positive stuff. Man, I have seen some amazing stories. I know some stories from my daughter's hospital. Um, so I hope other people can call in with, with ideas about that. So Yeah, well, thank, thank you my for friend. calling in today. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk. If, you know, at worst, we can just sit here, me and you have a talk, you know, for well, a while and, until somebody, and they'll get tired of hearing us. <laughs> I, and listen, I know that Mark is a musician, but let's talk about why Spotify and going back to your childhood songs and your childhood foods is a huge comfort while people are doing this because they're doing that on NBC. And, you know, like you just got back, like what was your mom's favorite dish to give you when you were feeling sad? Comfort foods would be a really fun thing. Music was like Sweet Alabama and all these other songs. They they took a tune from the 70s, the 50s, the 80s, you know, and it's just certain songs. And it just it does it throws your memory right back to what you were doing at what the time of that. What was your food, Pamela? What was your food? Oh, you know, let's see. Um, well, it ain't grits. We still have to have you teach grits <laughs> over the radio. I'm, I'm going to make and, you and grits and sausage, some grossage one day. You know, I would say that it's my dad's chili con carne. I absolutely love chili con carne, and it's I don't not even spicy know what and that hot. Is. They can't even say that in the South. I can't. Chili con what? Well, it means with Chili meat. Chili con who? Carne. It's, carne is Spanish for meat. Carne? Who's car- carne is my friend up the road. I don't even mean carne. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you this, Billy. They're renaming. They won't, Mexico won't let them make Corona beer anymore. They don't want to. And I said to my, I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. He said, God, that's got a bad rep. I said, I, was, I guess they should call it Pabst Blue Ribbon or, you know, like, uh, I don't know. They have Dos Equis for beer down in Mexico. But Corona's got a bad name, so they got to rename that beer. I you know. Watch. I, 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 did a, I did a piece on that. I was saying, thanks, thanks, coronavirus, for ruining something that used to make me think of hammocks, bikinis, and the sun, and now I think of death and the And the lime, and the, slice of, and the slice of lime down the Yeah, and that, now it's all death and destruction. <laughs> Thanks for ruining that great picture in my head. <laughs> I want your flip-flops. I, gotta, I know where mine are. Unless I, can't, I, can't, I want the weather. Let's talk about, let's do a thing about weather and get a weatherman on here. Holy crap. The cold, the snow, the wind, the hail, the rain. Well, you're used to I it. Can, no, but this is, un, I mean, it is mid-April, and we're due to have more rain, more snow. I didn't even see snow today, but we're getting it on Friday and Saturday. I'm like you. I I, I need this warm weather and the sunshine. Oh, and if I'm going to yeah. walk out there, uh, I, I can't be freezing my ass off looking for my mittens and wondering why I'm taking such a short walk, you know. Well, we've been doing exercising the... sucks. It... Savvy's been on Thursday. She's been doing a, a escape party USA in our kitchen for our activity because we can't go outside. But we want to get warm enough where we can start playing street hockey or dance around the tennis courts outside where it's warm. But that's not yeah. For you know, a while. here's an idea, and I don't know if you own one, but croquet is a is oh, a yeah. fun we game. A lot. You yeah. would stay far, far away from anybody playing croquet. We and play I think croquet. that ought to bring it back. You know, there's certain things that are very non-team oriented. Nobody's sweating on anybody else. You know, croquet we gotta, is we a new trend. We're going to start it right here. Let's Hashtag start that back croquet up. is it. <laughs> frisbee, you can be far, far away and dog yeah, love frisbee. 
You know, well, I, so I know Sam was in there waiting for a, me, so but th- thanks for coming yep. today. And, uh, okay. We'll, we'll, <laughs> okay, Billy, it's been a great time. If you want tomorrow, Mark will be in here. He'll be saying all kinds of stuff. Who knows what he'll be talking about? Yeah, I'm going to pencil in that for tomorrow. I mean, I run my life around noon now. I, got, I really do. I try. Good. <laughs> Bye. I know. Have a good we day. we got to get other people on board. Love you. Be yep. good. Take care. Bye. Hasta la vista. Okay, bye. All right, y'all, that's another episode of Hug It Out America Radio. You know, we kind of got some babbling and some things there at the end that were uh, all over the place. Good topic ideas. I think next week I will do a discussion on the positive things that come out of the coronavirus. Um, you got ideas, send them in, come in and talk. I'll, I'll be talking about that next week. I think the day I could do it is probably Friday. I've guessed all week until then. Um but next tomorrow, like I said, we got Mark Zeus coming in, um, talk about his music and his his music um business he had running for a while and play some of his songs and then next week three or four more other guests. One really important guest, this guy who's been through some really bad moments in his life, but it found positivity and love like nobody else. And his name is Kurt Payne. He's People in his town of, of Manchester know him as Major Payne because he used to be in the military. But we'll get back to that on Monday. Um, and uh, nice talking to you And we'll see you tomorrow with Mark Zeus. And hug it out, America. God bless. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.